we go. Welcome to the newest episode of the Gory Hole Podcast. My name is Jenny. My name's Nikki. And we have a fun episode for you guys today. But Nikki, I need to tell you a story because I, I'm getting bullied at my own house and <laughs> I need to tell you about it. All right, let's so, hear it. I'm sure this is going to come as a shock to you and our listeners, but uh-huh. I do have a tendency to become a really obsessive fangirl when oh. I really like something. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> like, I like to have merch and swag yes. if I'm obsessed with a band, a movie, podcast, whatever. Sure. So, you know, my love for Akatar. Yes. Um, it's all I think about, all I want to talk about. <laughs> and I've one day was just like, I wonder if there's like cool Akatar merch out there. Uh-oh. So I got on Amazon and I was just looking to see if there was, and there is. Yeah. There's tons sure. of it. And I found this cheap t-shirt. It's just a black t-shirt. Like it almost looks like a band t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And it's just a picture of like one of the cities, the city of Valeris. And, okay. Um, which is just, it's mountains, it's a city, and it says Valeris. That's all it is. Nothing. It doesn't have fairies on it or anything. Okay. So I work from home and I am wearing that shirt with sweatpants while I'm working, mm-hmm. doing chores. Ryan comes home. I come out of the office and I'm wearing the shirt and I'm like, Hey babe, how's it going? And he just makes the face. He goes and points at my shirt and I'm like, what? And he goes, are you wearing a shirt from one of your fairy books? <laughs> how did he know? I don't know how he knew. <laughs> he read them too. I mean, he must've, but <laughs> this was the bad part. I just went, yeah, so he laughed at me. Well, pointed and laughed. That's fucked up. Pointing and laughing? Like, that's messed up. I was waiting for him to give me a wedgie or take my lunch money. I was like, I just stood there like, what? What? Pointed, <laughs> pointed and laughed. And bent over like I was just this wow. crazy person in his house. I pointed and laughed. That's mean, right? I mean, you should have thrown back at him. Like, how the hell do you know? I should have. I didn't even think of that, honestly. How do you know what this is? I didn't even think about that. That I'm like, how did you know? It doesn't say Akatar on it. Yeah, There's like no fairies. He, unless you talked about the city a lot. I don't know. I don't think I did. I, I don't think, think that, I've ever said it to him. Yeah, that seems. But that's exactly what he did. He was like, what's that? And I was like, <laughs> is that from your fairy books? <laughs> yeah. Pointed and laughed. Like, I was a clown or something. <laughs> well... I was pissed. I was like, what the <laughs> hell? He's like, you are pointing and laughing at me? <laughs> Mr. I'm pretty sure we've been to Mars. Like, what oh, the fuck? Yeah. I didn't even point and laugh at him for oh, that. Ryan. So I wanted to tell you that, that I have That's a bully good. and I'm married to him. <laughs> and that fucking sucks. <laughs> Damn it. I know. <laughs> the nerve. The nerve. Right? All right. So... Um, <clears throat> You said you've been watching some good stuff, right? I have. Okay. I'm dying to so hear. So a, a couple episodes ago, I don't know how many ago, mm-hmm. I told you about Tickled, oh, yes, the yes, documentary, yes. and I said I would report back once I finished it. Yeah. I'm reporting back. Okay. I'm so excited. Because it's, there's so much more. I didn't even scratch the surface. <gasps> really? Last time I talked about it. Oh my it. God. I can't wait to hear So it. I'm going to talk about that again. And oh my God, strap in. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'm so, All buckle right. up. <laughs> buckle up buckaroo all right so just a really quick recap if if we have a new listener who didn't hear the the previous one so I'm going to do a quick synopsis of Tickled it's a documentary by a guy named David Ferrier he's from New Zealand he's a reporter he focuses on quirky and odd stories he encountered online videos depicting competitive endurance tickling an activity in which young athletic men are restrained and tickled by each other. So that is kind of the topic that got him interested in making this tickled documentary. Oh my gosh. Yes, it is. It's weird. But so that, so when I first talked about it and I just kind of started watching it, that's Mm -hmm. all I thought it was. I was like, okay, this is just a weird like fetish thing. So he's just talking about that. Oh no, it's like so much more than that. So how much more could there be? Right. Get ready. Okay. So, so, um, he begins to research this because he's like, that's interesting. I'll do a story on that. He requests an interview with the videos producer. So the videos that he was seeing online, um, this producer, um, the name was Jane O'Brien media. The company responds with a really hateful homosexual or not homosexual, homophobic, um, 
slur-filled email. And I think I talked about that yeah, last yeah, time where they called him the F word mm-hmm. and where, you know, he was like, we won't talk to a, a gay reporter, blah, blah, blah. Um, so they did that. Um, but he kept going. He's like, well, they obviously have something to hide. This is yeah. weird. I'm going to keep going. So he keeps digging and digging and digging. So he and his friend who was kind of helping him make the documentary, they kept digging, they kept digging. They would show up where they, they would like find out where they were going to film these videos and show up and uh-huh. try to talk to them and like request interviews and stuff. And they, of course they're always recording. So they have all this like shaky footage of people being like, get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> um, and then this Jane O'Brien media starts hurling legal threats at this guy. Hurling legal threats, we're going to take legal action, blah, blah, blah. And they're all completely unfounded. Mm-hmm. So um, this Jane O'Brien media company sends representatives to straight up bully the, these guys. The, the, the main guy and his friend who's making the documentary, they fly them out to New Zealand and bully them. Like they threaten them, they scare them. They're like, you know, listen, we, we're going to we have a lot of money and we're going to hire some really good lawyers to fuck you up. And so they just threaten them and bully them. And of course the documentarians don't stop Uh because they're great. Yeah. (laughs) So they uncover more and more information. There's another person named Terry DeSisto alias is Terry Tickle. Terry Tickle. Terry (laughs) Terry Tickle pioneered recruiting and distributing tickling videos online in the 1990s. Sounds like a name of a puppet or something. Yeah. (laughs) When the internet was like brand, brand new in the 1990s, one of the very first like big websites was this tickling shit. So they interviewed independent tickling video producer, Richard Ivey. And he's, he's a, a, like a, a legit dude. He, agreed to talk to them and be interviewed and it just showed him kind of like what he was doing and he would get consenting individuals to come over and be tied down and be in a video and be tickled um no nudity or anything just tied down and be tickled and he would sell these videos online and he's become like a I don't know how much money but he he doesn't have to work any kind of normal job anymore he just does this damn so he's doing I'm in the wrong line of work right right (laughs) So they talk to him. They find out some more information. He knows some stuff about this Jane O'Brien media and this Terry DeSisto person. And so they just keep digging and keep digging and keep digging. So they find out that Jane O'Brien and Terry DeSisto really don't exist. They are a guy who's posing as these two women that run this company. His name is David D'Amato. He was a school principal. He was a school principal, um, and he was the guy behind the Terry Tickle alias. So he, um, let's see, he, how did it, okay, he served six months in prison because he was fucking with computer systems at different universities that he worked at over the years. He would retaliate against people who, I think I talked about this a little bit last time, who decided they didn't want to keep either keep making the videos oh, right, yeah. or didn't want the videos like all over YouTube mm-hmm. because like they lose their jobs and get kicked off of football teams and stuff. Right. Um, so he would like attack these people, financially fuck them over, threaten their families if they were like, no, I don't want to do that anymore. Or, hey, take that video of me down. I don't I don't want to do like I was 16 when we made that. I don't want to I don't want to do that. And mm-hmm. so he would just fuck him up cuz he's a rich white man and that's what he can do. Mm-hmm. So this guy, David D'Amato, he did a little bit of time, but he, that didn't stop him. He did time for like I think internet fraud or computer fraud or uh-huh. something, but he was never actually charged with he I mean he this Terry Tickle and Jane O'Brien Media, he straight up, like, got fake social security numbers, fake credit card numbers. Like, he stole dead people's identity (gasps) to create this tickling video empire. So, and he just got away. So far, he's gotten away with it. Oh, my God. Because he's, like, the richest dude in the world. He was a trust fund baby. His dad was, like, a super well-to-do lawyer on Wall Street. And he just got all this money handed to him and he's like this old nasty (laughs) white dude and he just gets away with whatever he wants so yeah he's been defrauding people forever 
And so this documentarian finds him and they wait for him outside of his apartment <gasps> and they track him down and they start. So there's like video in the documentary documentary of them, of the, the guys that made the film asking this David D'Amato guy, like, what are you doing? Like, what? <laughs> and it's so crazy. It gets really intense. So tickled the, the first and that, so there's tickled and then tickle King. So tickled, was the it did kind of well it was in 2016 they went to a film festival was it Sundance I don't know one of the one of the film festivals Mm -hmm. they were at I think it was in LA this David D'Amato guy shows up to the screenings and he gets real threatening um he sends little cronies in there and they're recording like trying to pirate the film like they have a camera and a coffee cup and they're trying to record it. Like, I don't know what they think they're going to do with it, but <laughs> security catches them and, like, kicks them out. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to, like, sabotage this whole event. Right. So it's so funny and pathetic to watch it. But this guy, and he, he shows up, and he, like, creates a big scene. And of the audience is there, and it's so fucked up. And he just thinks he's, like, doing nothing wrong. And so he doesn't want, obviously, everything that's in the documentary to get out about him because it shows what a piece of shit he is. (laughs) And he's just, like, been ruining lives and talking underage dudes. A lot of them are underage or barely of age Uh to be in these videos. Like, one of them um, that he did time for after retaliating against this kid, um, he was 17 when he started the videos and stuff. So he just thinks that he can do anything he wants, and it's disgusting like it's so fucking weird so what i i wanted to talk about that and then i wanted to talk about tickle king which is Mm -hmm. the next one this makes me so happy (laughs) so happy so the documentarian mother fucked this david damato guy because after they found out you know he came and he made a big fucking fool of himself at the um the screenings and all that um, he was like, you know, that's not me. I don't, it's all a lie, blah, blah. And they have like proof that he's been doing this forever. So they just made another little 20 minute documentary about mm-hmm. him showing up and like showing the film and called it the tickle King. <laughs> Cause he didn't want to be known about any. So they, <laughs> they were just like, well, guess what? You're the tickle King. Yep. <laughs> and they made, they made another, it's just a really short one. It is great. So it shows all the film of him acting a fool at the, the film premiere and like all the security guys taking his cronies out of there and it God. he just like it's so crazy so he he's like a complete bullshitter so his dad was a lawyer he got all this money this inheritance this dude he went to i think he went to law school but he never passed the bar he has no Guess ability I'll get into tickling yeah he <laughs> has no ability to practice law okay. like legally he can't but he's threatening these guys on film of like I will prosecute you. I'll take, and they're like, you can't, you didn't, we did research on you. You didn't pass the bar. You can't (laughs) practice law. And he's like, oh yeah. And he just like keeps (laughs) making up more and more. He just like gaslights him. Oh my gosh. Not successfully, but it's so (laughs) funny. And he like, I don't even know how to explain. He's like, he's like a comical, like villain in a movie. Like he, he's talking and he's wearing the suit and he's just been stuffing his face with popcorn to the, <laughs> then the whole thing. So he's got like food on his mouth and on his jacket. And he's like, I'm going to prosecute you with every extent of the law. And he's just, it's so crazy. Like, okay. Okay. So, right. And, but they Eat just, more popcorn, buddy. They, they just film the whole thing and put it out as Tickled King. It is so good. Like, so, just to let you know, we got this guy. It's, right. It is so good, man. Oh uh, my God. Yeah, it was Sundance. Let me see if there's anything else. I wanted to say so about this. Disturbing. It was so good. Like, I could not believe. That's always good to see them <sighs> get what's coming to them. Is there anything else I left out? It's pretty fucked up. I wasn't right? <laughs> I mean, it's so much more. So, yeah, I was thinking, like, I got to come back and, and there update was so much money the pod. Tickling. So much money. That's crazy. So much money. Because what they do is they'll find, they'll find these young poor people... And they're like, here, have 1500 bucks. We'll fly you first class. Mm-hmm. And you come out here and you just be in this little video real quick. And they're like, okay, mm-hmm. I can't afford dinner. So I'm going to do that. Yeah. So they'll fly them out and do that. But then they never get, they can never get out. Because as soon as they're like, okay, I don't want to make any more videos. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're ours now. <laughs> um, oh so God. yeah, it's, it like, is yeah, so wild. You're a slave now. It's so wild, A tickle man. slave. 
I just, so I, yeah, anyway, that's, that's about it on that. I just had to update you on that because it was so fucked up. That's insane. It's like, and and it was just this whole time. It's just this like unassuming looking like high school principal (laughs) that's acting as Terry Tickled and selling I wonder if any of the people in the videos were like students at his school. Uh, It it did say, yeah, one of them was a 17 year old student. Um, and he yeah, was like so the principal he, for, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Well, I don't know if he was like the principal at that time, but it just, it did say in here that when I was reading through about it, mm-hmm. um, it said student. Um, oh, okay. He was a, let's see. He retaliated against an 18 year old male student who attempted to terminate an online relationship, which the, which began when the young man was 17. So I don't know if it was like a student at his school, mm-hmm. okay. but so fucked up, man. You got to watch it. You got to watch it. Like, you don't believe what you're seeing. It's wild. So that's that's the story I have for you. That's crazy. <laughs> that That's a lot to think about. <laughs> it sounds like a nightmare. It is. Oh it's uh, the best kind, though, that you can't stop watching. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm definitely going to have to watch you that. Gotta. Um, you got to. You got anything else? I just want to say thanks to Ricky for recommending Oh, yeah, he did that. recommend that. I remember he did, him talking about it. I was like, it. I don't yeah. know. I've never heard of that shit. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. He's got the best recommendations. He does. Yeah. All right. What about you? Have you watched anything? I have. I've been reading and watching a lot of stuff. Okay. Um, so not that long ago, I was working on the horror movie poster. Mm-hmm. And a while back, we had mentioned that we were going to watch this. And then I finally did. I watched Death Race 2000. Oh, yeah. Um, which was not the movie I thought it was. I had that confused with another movie. Okay. I was remembering just Death Race, the one with like the inmates where they raced in like prison i don't remember that i've not seen death race 2000 either okay well death race 2000 is really really old okay yeah um it's got the guy from kill bill who's bill the guy who plays bill oh okay i I can't think of his name um sylvester stallone is in it um and it's like a weird like dystopian kind of future thing where everybody's like kind of controlled by this weird like government they keep calling it the Guy in charge, Mr. President. Okay. Or was it Mr. President? Th- it was, they said it really funny. Um, and they just basically, they had this like death race across the country where people drive these cars and just try to murder pedestrians. Nice. And depending on how you killed them, if you got like a kid, you got so many you get points. points. Yeah. Oh, shit. If you like, if the more gruesome, the more points you get, basically. So maybe that's where that came from. I remember mm. being a kid and like driving around and whoever I was with would be like, 15 points for that mom. May- oh, maybe. Kid. Yeah, it's an old-ass movie. Huh. But it's really weird. It's kind of, like, creepy. Because I think it was made in, like, the 60s. Mm-hmm. And their idea of what, like, probably now yeah. would be. Was so is this supposed to be the year 2000? I, like yeah, it's supposed to be the year 2000. Okay. And it's just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> like, none nice. of it is, like, it looks so old. And yeah. it's just crazy. Is it kind of like Back to the Future where they think in, I don't remember what year, like, 20, oh, it was worse. 20 something. And then he's like, there's like flying cars. <laughs> and a few years ago, it was we like hit a that cardboard background that had like almost Jetsons looking buildings <laughs> on it. <laughs> nice. So wow. that's all like, it was. Yeah, that hasn't happened. So yeah, no death races yet. Nope. No, and then I watched cars. They Live. Have you seen that? They Live. That's an old classic one. It's uh, a John Carpenter one. I don't um, think so. It, did you ever watch wrestling? A Uh, little bit. Do you remember who Rowdy Roddy Piper is? He's the star of it. Okay. And it's basically a, uh, it's an alien one. Okay. Um, And anytime they put on these sunglasses, they can see like the aliens. um, They see all these subliminal messages to like kind of control people and stuff. And if you look at somebody and they're actually an alien, they kind of look like, they look kind of funny actually. They look like these little plastic like skeleton (laughs) things. (laughs) Um, and the people who aren't aliens just look like people. Okay. So it's pretty good. Uh, you know, I love John Carpenter. Yeah. So. Uh, what other movies has John Carpenter done? Uh, Halloween. Um, Prince of Darkness. Okay. Um, oh, gosh, so many. Yeah, I just couldn't think of, like, what. Mainly Halloween. The Halloween series okay. are all John Carpenter's. Those okay. are the ones he's mainly known for nice okay but it was pretty good i actually kind of liked it cool 
So I recommend both of those. Death Race 2000 is weird. You almost want to get stoned and watch that because it's just like crazy <laughs> weird. It's just so yeah. weird and bizarre. Dude, I kind of like stuff like that when you're watching it. You're uh-huh. like, how, how much drugs were you doing Yeah, when you thought of this and when you filmed it? Right? Like, it wow. definitely how seems like that. You, Even bro? like the announcer has like this weird, creepy smile. I almost felt like I was like watching some weird illegal video or yeah. something because it was just so <laughs> weird. I don't, nice. I don't know how to explain it. It was so weird and creepy. It, yeah, they were definitely there was definitely some drugs going on when they made that. Yeah, and then of course I'm in a bunch of reading still. Like I just can't stop. I finished Fourth Wing, which was the dragon book. Mm-hmm. And I've been reading the sequel, okay. Iron Flame. Ooh. Burn it down. It's a fat one. Yeah, it's a fat one. So I'm a little over halfway yeah. done. Nice. But when I started it, I got really excited. It's a really pretty book. Look it is. Cool I it like is. the black edges. I know. I was so excited about that. I was like showing Ryan. I was like, smell them. It smells so good. I was like, I love it. And he's like, well, whatever. I get excited about these nerdy <laughs> things. But yeah, it's a cool looking book. It is. Okay, but I wanted to just read you this little okay. kind of, it's kind of a warning, almost like a trigger warning for nice. this book. okay. So Iron Flame, this is, like I said, the sequel to Fourth Wing, um, is a nonstop thrilling adventure fantasy set in the brutal and competitive world of a military college for dragon riders, which includes elements regarding war, psychological and physical torture, imprisonment, intense violence, brutal injuries, uh, blood, dismemberment, burning, murder, death, animal death, graphic language, loss of family, grief, sexual and sexual activities that are shown on the page. Readers who may be sensitive to these elements, please take note and prepare to join the revolution. <laughs> Sign me the fuck up. Nice. That sounds amazing. It does sound amazing. <laughs> right? I'm like, I like all of that stuff. All the things you got to warn me about? I'm yeah, in. I'm like, if there's a trigger warning at the beginning of a book, that's my kind of yeah. book. I'm Wait, like, I'm I, in. It did say sexual something on the page like shown on the page are there pictures no there's no pictures okay i thought it said something sexual activities that are shown on the page i I guess i guess maybe it just i thought maybe there were gonna be little drawings i haven't seen any yet okay that would be awesome though (laughs) (laughs) so uh before we move on i noticed that we forgot to do something what's that we forgot to describe how ethel is looking for the people who are not watching today. today yeah ethel has a new look um she has a Hooters shirt on. <laughs> Perfect. The, that logo is crystal clear yep. on those giant titties. She used to work there. Yeah. In her she, previous life. Oh, I bet. Mm-hmm. She would make a lot of money as a Hooters girl. Yep. And she had to get extra, 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 extra large uh, little orange booty shorts to yep. fit that ass in there. <laughs> Surprisingly, the titties did fit in just a regular large shirt. It did. Yep. I was actually yep. pretty surprised. I kind of was curious if it might stretch out the I shirt. I mean, it's, but it's, it's tight. It's, it's tight, a tight yeah. one. Like it's not really stretching. Too no, bad. it's not. It's not. But those those Hooter allies are popping. <laughs> so yeah, if you're not if you're not watching, you're missing out. Yeah, and you need to sh- watch this on YouTube because we'll definitely put a picture of hot her. Hot damn! At least on social yeah, media. We will. Um, and she's got a new hat on. Mm-hmm. She is wearing my Libby Higgins hat, um, which we've mentioned several times that we love Chelsea Lynn, Paige, Jen. And we, I know we've mentioned Tina. Tina and Libby have their podcast, Slop City. Yes. And we went and saw Chelsea in Columbia, Missouri. Uh, last year? Last no. Year. Was it this year? Spring? It, yeah, it was early this year. It was year. this year. It was mm-hmm. spring of this year. We went and saw Trailer Trash Tammy, Libby, and Tina were all there. Yeah. Yeah. And I got the Libby hat. It's signed Libby by hat. Libby. It, it is. says, excuse me, bitch. Yep. She's the excuse me lady. Mm-hmm. And we met Tina Ball. We did meet Tina, yeah. And we took a picture with her. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. We met Rafe. We met Rafe. Rafe Williams. Rafe Williams, yep. He's another comedian. Uh, that's something that's on my watch list, actually, is to watch his special on YouTube. I haven't oh, done yeah, that yet. Oh, yeah, I haven't either. Yeah, he does have a special. I we'll need to, to check it that. out. Yeah. And Libby has a horror movie, too. Yep. What's it called? Uh, Baby Oopsie. Baby Oopsie. Yeah. I think she's too- Baby Oopsie, and then there's a sequel, I think. I think so. We need to watch yeah, that. We'll I noticed that one of the guys from uh, last podcast on the left was in it, too. Cool. So that's one we definitely need to review, because yeah. we love Libby. Yeah, she's awesome. And Justina's in that, too, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. Justina's in it. And Libby also has her own podcast, Storage. Yes, Storage I still haven't podcast. listened to that. It's pretty <laughs> like, good. so many podcasts. It's goofy as shit. It's so hard for me to get caught I know, up on there's it, or a start ton. a new one. There's a ton that I, yeah, she... She's 
right up my alley with her goofiness. Oh, yeah. So. She's so funny. Yeah. I just... I feel like we could go on the road with those ladies and uh-huh. just have a blast. For sure. <laughs> they seem like they like to do kind of For what sure. we like to do. Yeah. I'm like, I, every time I see them like on Instagram, stopping at like gas stations mm-hmm. for snacks, I was like, that's what me and Nikki did when uh-huh. we went to go see them. Yep. Sure enough. <laughs> yep. Got to yeah. get snacks at the gas station if and you're on a road trip. You have to. They, yes. And they, um, their, their humor is a lot like ours. Mm-hmm. Like the, they will... <laughs> post videos of them like crank farting I got the idea of crank farting from from that crew Mm -hmm. and so now I do it and Todd loves it (laughs) he loves it he loves it if you don't know what crank farting is it's when you you have a fart and you crank it you (laughs) You have a fart you lift your leg up you lift it up and you and you crank it and you get and you just release Mm -hmm. like like you're pulling a train horn kind of yeah and you go yep yep it feels great. So <laughs> does, why, why try does it? It, I don't it does know. make it I so much better. It to anyone listening, crank I, fart. Ryan does pretend crank farts. Oh, that's lame. And I know it's lame. What does uh, that mean? He will do the motion uh-huh. and kind of pretend like he's gonna fart just just to see my reaction. I'm okay. like, oh, are you gonna do it? And he goes, no, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not what going to. So he fucks with me. What the hell? I know. Come on, man. Hey, it pisses me off. So I think <laughs> well, I think that was. The I think goal. that's probably what he wanted to begin with. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, but my good. husband loves my crank farts too. Yeah. He loves it. Nice. Loves them so much that he goes right to bed and doesn't uh-huh. talk to me for the rest of the night. Yep. yep that's usually what Todd I think it's because he wants to dream away. about them. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Because uh, you can only do it so many times. I love times. it so much. <laughs> it's so funny. Ah, uh, it's good. Sorry, I am like guzzling my Are coffee. You but it just oh, tastes, coffee. Yeah, okay. I went with nice. coffee. Nice. It's a little chilly here in Kansas it is. City today. It's cold. So and it's I cold a hot in drink. the dungeon. So it's not too bad, though. It's, oh, yeah. I mean, it's not too, too bad because I'm bundled up. I got a couple layers, and you have your hat. Yeah, I have one of those, like. Oh, yeah, you uh, got some layers, too. Yeah, I got layers. It's one of those heat things. Like, we got a bunch of those. Since mm-hmm. Ryan's a hunter, he has those, like, heat-retaining kind of shirts. Yeah. So got I'll some layers one of on. those. It's a chilly dungeon day. A little chilly. Just look at those nips. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but they're, you can tell. they're always like that. It yeah. can be 100 they degrees. They are perma-nipped. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it feels like actual winter in Kansas City today. I think it's supposed to snow. Yeah. It's getting to be so. that time. So since we've, did you have anything else you want to cover before we? Hmm. What's next? Let me see. We can do our new segment. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think let's do the new segment. I'm ready. All right. Read Hot me. Reads with Cold Ethel. Yeah. I get to pick the scene today. Yep. What I picked, I picked an Akatar book. <laughs> I picked uh, A Court of Silver Flames. All right. This is the one about Nesta and Cassian. Okay. And I picked the scene where Nesta gives Cassian the blowjob to end all oh, blowjobs. I'm excited. So I think you should read this one, Ethel. By the way, before you start, I've yes. heard, I have not stopped hearing about this book series. Other, <laughs> other friends of mine have been reading it. And mm. so I, I feel like I have to. I think you have to. It's coming up next on my list. Okay. So. I'm so excited. Yeah. I can't wait. It's I can't happen. wait to talk Akatar with you. <laughs> and everybody that you know who's read it loves it, right? Yes. Yeah. They're like, I didn't usually like fantasy, but this is different. Same. Like, okay. It I'll is. Try it. Same. All right. All right. Okay, I'm ready. So, Ethel, are you ready to read A Court of Silver Flames? The BJ scene. <laughs> <laughs> the BJ scene. Oh, I'm ready. His cock was enormous. <laughs> Starting off strong. Starting off strong. Beautiful and hard and absolutely enormous. Her mouth dried out. Every plan she had had requiring sudden, required sudden reassessment. There's no way he'd fit entirely in her mouth. Perhaps no way he'd even fit in her body. (laughs) But she sure as hell wanted to try. Her fingers shook a little as she stroked them down the thick, long shaft. (laughs) (laughs) The skin was so soft, softer than silk or velvet, and he was hard as steel beneath. (laughs) He shuddered. (laughs) <laughs> and she lifted her eyes to find his gaze fixed on her hand. 
How do you like it? She asked her breath, her voice breathy as hot need washed through her. I said breathy. <laughs> that made me happy. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> she wrapped her hand around his cock, her fingers barely able to reach around him completely. Oh, yeah, that's big. Gentle, she made feather soft pass over him, squeezing lightly. Cassian shook his head as if beyond words. She stroked him again slightly harder. Like this? His chest heaved, his teeth shining as he gritted them, but he shook his head. Nesta smiled when she pumped him a third time. She squeezed <laughs> hard, letting her nails graze the sensitive underside of his shaft. <laughs> his pumped hips... Him. His hips arced off the chair, and she pinned a hand to them. I see, she murmured, and did it again, harder still, twisting her fist as she reached around the head. He tried to arch into her hand, but she pinned him again with the other hand. And this, she purred, head lowering. Do you like this? Nesta licked his broad head. <laughs> <laughs> Tongue sliding into the small slit across Ew. its tip. <laughs> she what? licked the small bead of moisture already uh. gathered there. <laughs> gross. <laughs> that <is> gross. <laughs> Everything in her body turned molten. A surge of wetness slicked between her thighs as the taste of him filled her mouth. <laughs> Salt and something Ew. more, something <laughs> vital. <laughs> Oh, gods, Cassian panted, and the words, the groan they were born on were so delicious that Nesta sucked his tip into her mouth and grazed her tongue along its underside. He leaned his head back in the chair, hissing. She licked his shaft in one long motion, rubbed her thighs together as she tasted him, felt all that hot, proud steel against her mouth. She licked down the other side, coating him, making it easier for her to put her mouth around him and slid him in between her lips. He filled her almost immediately. <laughs> <laughs> she glanced down to discover there was enough of him still exposed that she needed to add her hand. Nesta, he pleaded. <laughs> she made another pass at him, pulling him nearly all the way out before swallowing him again, letting her throat relax, desperate for as much of him in her mouth as could fit. Cassian's hand speared into her hair, gripping, and she realized he was holding himself back. Didn't want to ram himself into her, hurt her, or displease her. That wouldn't do. Not at all. She wanted him undone. Wanted him grabbing her head and fucking her mouth as hard as he wished. So, so when Nesta took him into her mouth again, hand working in unison, she dragged her teeth lightly enough to hurt just a bit. Cassian bucked, and she let him, swallowing him down greedily, squeezing him with her hand enough to tell him she wanted this, wanted him to let himself go. She withdrew her lips from the tip of him, rolling her tongue around him, and gazed at him from under her lashes. His eyes were on her, wide and glazed with lust. Ooh, I kind of like that. Glazed with lust. <laughs> and when Cassian met her stare beheld her looking up at him, he unleashed himself. He couldn't take it. It was torture, a special kind of torture, to have Nesta kneeling before him with his cock in her mouth and hand and not able to roar with pleasure. <laughs> Why couldn't he roar with pleasure? I, he was, I guess, trying not They're to. Trying to be quiet? Yeah. But then she stared at him through her lashes, and the sight of her with his cock between, his between her lips snapped something. He didn't care they were in the dining room. Okay, yeah, so he's done. yeah, he's they're, done. they're somewhere. I, had, I wanted you to hear the roar with pleasure part, yeah, though, <laughs> but nice. I was just going to stop at the he unleashed himself. But <laughs> I needed to prove to you that they say that a nice. lot in the book, that they roar with pleasure or roar with their climax. Nice. Ah! Ah! <laughs> okay, two things. Yes. 
First of all, she described his cock as beautiful. Mm -hmm. That's funny to me. And silky smooth. A beautiful cock. A beautiful cock. It's such a beautiful cock. And then (laughs) who sticks their tongue in the little pee hole? I don't know. That is unnecessary. Yeah. And I don't know anyone who likes that. And I've never heard the pee hole be described. What did she say? A tiny slit? A tiny slit on the top is what I've only heard slit to describe a woman. Yeah. I've never heard it. I mean, it does look like a little slit, but like, it does look like a little slit. I don't think you need to be sticking your tongue in there. No. No. I looked at Todd a few times and he just tried to ignore it. <laughs> I wanted it's to like see I'm just his tune reaction this out. and he's just, he's just scrolling away on his phone and this segment makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> he said, this segment makes me uncomfortable. This segment makes me I can laugh. tell because I look over and he's just like, nope, no nope, eye contact. Nope. <laughs> nope. I'm not looking up. Nope. That's a good one. It's a good blowjob scene, I think. That was. Thanks, Ethel. Yeah, thanks, Ethel. This has been Hot Reads. With cold <laughs> Ethel. <laughs> Thanks, Ethel. All right. Let's see. I think we are doing pretty good. Uh, did you have anything else before you wanted to get into your topic? or? Oh, real quick. Yeah. I actually had something I meant to tell you at the beginning of okay. this. On the way over here, I got stuck, stuck behind a bicyclist. Oh. Me and Nikki sure. That hatred. pisses me off. Yeah. They are out bicycling in the cold. Fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. Fuck you. How dare you try to be healthy and save the planet? <laughs> fuck those people. I can't stand that shit. Oh, it makes me point. so mad. Me and there is too. so much road construction yes, it's on home or fuck. on the street that we take to get, yeah. I get to your house. I couldn't go around him. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Because there were like so traffic cones. Let me just, I want to lay this out there for the listeners. Mm. Like, I don't have a problem if you're a biker. Yeah. If you bike, there are bike lanes. Mm-hmm. There are bike trails mm-hmm. around the city. Yeah. There are places where bikes are meant to be ridden. Mm-hmm. In traffic, acting like a car isn't one of them. Right. It drives me fucking nuts. That pisses me off. I hate it so, so much. much. Go fuck yourself if yeah. you do that. Mm-hmm. And then half the time, they'll be in traffic, you know, and they like do their little stupid arm signals or whatever. But most of the time, no, no, no. Yeah, I would say three out of four times I see bikers, they don't follow the traffic rules. No, so they like run red lights. Run lights, mm-hmm. run stop signs. So then if I run over you or hit you, guess who's getting probably like a manslaughter charge? Yeah. This bitch. Because <laughs> you're an inconsiderate <laughs> asshole. Yep. Go ride your bike somewhere else. Yeah, they think they're I pedestrians. They think they're, they think they're pedestrians, well, but they also but think they're they also cars. they also think they're cars. Because yeah. they'll stop so at a stoplight. So it's like, pick one. Or, or like occasionally if they feel like it they'll stop or signal but half the time they like in my neighborhood you better have eyes everywhere because they'll just fly through a stop sign and you gotta hope and a lot of times they wear all black and it'll be dark and i'm like cool Mm -hmm. fuck me right you're just gonna make me run over you and then i'll be in trouble Mm -hmm. because you're stupid yeah i get wanting to ride a bike but you're exactly right yes do it somewhere better wear bright clothes right Get the reflectors. Get the fuck out of traffic. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hate it. I hate I it hate so it. much. One time a bicyclist flipped me off oh. over in uh, Brookside because I was in, um, there's a tight little parking lot just to describe it to you guys, uh-huh. uh, over by Starbucks. Uh-huh. You know, that tight little parking lot. Yeah. There was a bicyclist like right there and they kind of like moved over to the cars because they were going super slow. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they were even in the parking lot. Yeah. Like you could put your bike Lean it against the wall of that building. You don't need a parking spot. Right. Like, <laughs> you don't. Yeah. And I don't know what they were circling for, but yeah. they kept trying to move over because they wanted me to go by them. But there was cars. There were so many cars. Uh-huh. Like, it's a close parking lot. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to go around you. Yeah. And that's just annoying to me that you are trying to get me to do that. Like, go over there. Yeah. Let me go get by. Get the fuck and out then, of the way. Yeah. But they wouldn't. And then finally, when I kind of got around him, they flipped me off. Why? And I was like, fuck you, Rolly. I was like, I was mad. Rolly? Rolly? Really? I was so mad. I, I think I yelled at him. I think I rolled down Good. the window and was like, fuck off. Like, like what? You're mad because you didn't, somebody didn't go around you fast enough? Yeah. Oh, God. I thought that maybe they thought I was like too close behind him that or something. And gears. I wasn't. But That whatever. grinds my gears, bro. Oh, that grinds my gears, too. There was one time we, when we lived in Olathe, there was a guy on a, a, a bike. Do you remember this time? <laughs> He's already laughing. We were driving through. <laughs> there were a bunch of roundabouts, like, mm. leading into our neighborhood, roundabouts. And so we were driving. We had a Jeep at that point, and, like, the top was off, and the windows were off oh, and all that. I remember that Jeep. Yeah. And we were driving, and this guy was, you know, going 20 in traffic, as one on a bike does, mm-hmm. and was going through this roundabout. it's a bike. 
And we went around him to go through the roundabout. And he just goes, fucking asshole. And the windows were down and shit. So I like poked my head out. And I was like, what the fuck is actually wrong with you, sir? Like, (laughs) what? Like, you're mad that we went around your slow, stupid ass? Like, go drive in a bike lane or on a bike trail. Oh, my God. He's like, how dare you go around me? People who and ride, he's like, fucking those, asshole. Those kind of cyclists think they are above Ugh. everybody because they're like, I'm getting exercise, uh-huh. I'm saving the That's planet, fine. and everybody else should just stay behind right. me and I treat mean, me like I'm a king on a yeah. bike. And fuck you. I hate your exactly. bike. And I yes. would I laugh if you. you got hit. I hate your bike and I hate your stupid padded shorts. <laughs> fuck you. I'm going to strangle <laughs> you with those padded shorts and your stupid puffy ass. <laughs> That's what I think. You pussy. Why are you wearing padded shorts? <laughs> A real cyclist would have callus on their no butt shit. crack. You need to get those balls kind of callus so they don't right? hurt when you're when you're riding that banana seat, yeah. asshole. You know what? I like riding bikes too, but I go to spin class. Yeah. I mean, do it appropriately. <laughs> do it appropriately. And and there's nothing wrong with riding a bike and wanting to save the planet and getting your exercise. Do it safely mm-hmm. and out of fucking traffic. That's yeah. all I want. That's mm-hmm. it. And you know what else pisses me <laughs> I now knew this would get you this? going, and that's why part of the yes. reason I brought it up Thank because you. I fucking hate them just as yes. much as you I'm do. I'm glad we share this because yes. I've been shamed about this before. Mm. I've been shamed hard. They're like, they deserve spots in traffic too, Fuck and that. I'm like, no. no, kiss all of my ass. Traffic is meant for cars. Yes, it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Okay, like we had a friend get fucking killed on a bike in traffic one time, and I don't know the circumstances. I think it was a like a drunk driver or something, or somebody mm-hmm. under the influence. I don't know if he was in heavy traffic. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what happened, but he got nailed. And I'm like, so why were you there? Right. Mm-hmm. Like what? I I just don't understand why you would put yourself yeah. in that kind of situation. I think he was like driving to work or like riding his bike to work <sighs> or something. So I don't I don't know if it was like high traffic area or what it was, but. Um, yeah, so I always think of that. I'm like, oh okay, cool. So if I accidentally mm-hmm. run over one of these assholes, right. I'm fucked. Right. Anyway, I was going to say, you know, the scooters, like the bird scooters oh, and yes, all that I shit. Hate those too. They're all around Kansas City mm-hmm. now. And people will just fucking zip around in and out of traffic on those. Mm-hmm. And it pisses me off. Yeah, that's not what they're meant for. <sighs> Did you ever, have you ever worked with someone who rides their bike to work and they bring in the bike wheel? <laughs> and it nothing pisses me off more than that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me so mad. Yes. They like take their bike apart so it can't get stolen. Right. Like, no one wants that, you asshole. I used to work with a guy who would bring <laughs> his bike wheel and I would get so mad every time I saw it. Bike like, wheel and God. helmet. It's like their entire personality. Yeah. It's their fucking It's like, do you bike. not have anything else in your life <laughs> besides your bike? I bet they have more than one bike too. Like some of, of those people they that they have like their winter bike or their city bike <laughs> their or their work bike, bike or their grocery bike. <laughs> Fuck you. I hate your fucking bikes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one thing, God. Like, I live in kind of a quiet little neighborhood uh-huh. next to the busy roads. Yeah. I'm not on a busy road. Yeah. Same with you. Yeah. You want to circle around your little neighborhood where there's not a ton of traffic, right. where you could easily move out of the way of a car? Yes. That's perfect. Right. That's the time to ride your bike. Right. Right. Yep. You don't do it going yep. to Costco. Right. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> I agree. I'm glad so, we I was like, this. what are you going to carry out of Costco and then put on your bike also? I've seen people ride bikes to Costco. I'm like, what are you getting? Uh-huh. Like, everything at Costco Maybe they're just going for lunch. They're just going to eat their pizza, oh, the dollar maybe. pizza Go get their $1.50 hot dog. Yeah. And, and they're out. <sighs> that makes me mad. That I makes me it. so mad. <laughs> I fucking hate them. Like, uh Yeah. Gets me all fired up, man. Me too. I hate that shit. <laughs> all right. Are you ready for surprise topic? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Let's do it. All right. So we touched on this topic a little tiny bit a while back. We talked about a book and okay. I I brought this topic up just, just a hair, just a little bit. So I, I'm I going I to wrap it back around mm-hmm. and we're going to do a deeper dive on it. How okay. do you know what it is? I'm just have a guess because okay. the way you described it. Okay, what? Tell me what you think it is. I think you're referencing stiff. Yeah. And are referencing body farms. Yep. Body yes. Farms. See, that's I, it. I listen to us. Body. I listen to us. <laughs> yep. Body farms is today's topic. So we're going to talk more about body farms. And I. My dream job. Yeah, that would be so fucking cool. <laughs> It'd be so great. Um, yeah. So we're going to go into that a little bit more. How they started, where they are, what they do. Mm-hmm. So I found a really cool article. This is on undark.org u-n-d-a-r-k.org okay so um it's a great article has a few pictures 
So I'm just going to read a, a big chunk of it to you because it's really well written, I think. Okay. So the Forensic Anthropology Center was the brainchild of William Bass, a renowned osteologist or bone specialist who joined the Forensic Anthropology faculty at the University of Tennessee in 1971. In that position and in his previous job at University of Kansas at Lawrence, Ooh. Bass often helped law enforcement identify victims' remains. I had forgotten that there, there, a big chunk of this started at KU in Lawrence, which is oh, like 30 miles from us. Yep. So pretty close. Um, but it'll talk about why they needed the, the climate in Tennessee a little more. <coughs> um, so they started out, um, yeah, use, helping law enforcement identify victims' remains. But there was a big difference between Kansas and Tennessee. In Kansas's dry climate, police often brought him boxes of bones and scraps of mummified tissue. In human Tennessee, the corpses arrived fresher, smellier, and teeming with maggots. Ooh. Bass wanted to learn Yummy. more about approximating time of death in such conditions, so he went to the dean and told him that he needed some land to put dead bodies on. <laughs> <laughs> the dean said Bass Just should Just a regular talk. request. No, not a big. <laughs> the dean said Bass should talk to the man in charge of the agricultural campus. Soon, Bass and his students were setting up shop in a pig barn where they studied unclaimed bodies provided by state medical examiners. Mm. In the beginning, they wanted to know the answers to basic questions, like how long it would take for a skull to become visible. In 1980, Bass convinced the school to give him some land closer to campus behind the University Medical Center, where the hospital had burned trash for many years. He poured a 16-square-foot concrete slab and enclosed it with chain-link fencing. This is where he and his students could continue their studies, meticulously recording the patterns and timing of decomposition. Gradually, the research expanded to record the arrival of blowflies. That's what it says, blowflies. 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 I have not heard of that before. Blowflies, development, developmental stages of maggots and other variables. Some bodies were placed naked, others were dressed, a few were buried or covered in plastic, while some lay in the open air. Several bodies were even stowed in the trunks of vehicles or submerged in water to mimic crime scenes. The center's donor program was established in 1981, and since then, roughly 1,700 people have gifted their remains to the University of Tennessee Anthropology Research Facility, now, sp <laughs> now? <laughs> now spanning now. roughly three wooded acres. A building dedicated to Bass houses the nation's largest collection of contemporary skeletons, a classroom, a laboratory, and an intake area where donor bodies are received and processed. At least 4,000 people have registered as pre-donors. The donors, mostly ordinary people motivated by helping science and criminal justice, typically register and carry a card in their wallets indicating their intention to go to the farm. The facility offers free pickup and delivery from funeral homes within 100 miles of Knoxville. Beyond that area, families must arrange transportation. When donors arrive, they are offloaded into a garage area where they're weighed and measured. Scars, injuries, and tattoos are photographs. Hair, blood, and nail samples are collected. The corpses are either stored in a large refrigerator for 12 to 24 hours or moved directly to the facility's wooded acreage where they remain until they're... Uh, fully skeletonized. We can see the daily, even hourly changes to hundreds of donors over the years in different seasons, in different scenarios, and in different micro environments within the facility, Stedman said. This gives us a great deal of data to help evaluate the time since death of specific cases. Um, Larry Sennett is a retired police officer from Lexington, Lexington, Kentucky, who now works as a supervisor for the state's Department of Crim Criminal Justice Training. He said the body farm is an unparalleled resource for educating officers on how to deal with human remains, from carefully marking the perimeter of a gravesite to meticulously removing layers of soil to expose the skeleton and any related evidence, including bullets and small bone fragments. They use the training in every death scene they process, he says. Most officers across the world aren't able to get that type of training. Christina Pretty, a detective with the Hardin County Sheriff's Office who is a graduate of this um, criminalistic academy thing, said she worked on a recent case involving a couple who strangled and beat a man to death, then buried the body not far from their house. Our timeline would suggest he was buried maybe a day or two, she said. 
We found the grave plot. I was able to give instruction about how to unearth his body without destroying evidence. Both partners were convicted of murder. Prior to the creation of the so Tennessee, awesome. isn't it cool? <laughs> I love that. That this is a this is giving people the information they need to convict people. That's awesome. Isn't that? I think it's awesome. Or to find out like how long a body's been in a river or and that's just that kind of shit. Fun information to know. Yeah, <laughs> like, I love it too. It's so why do I want to know that? But I I do. I, I no, I know. do too. I do too. Yeah, I kind of want to donate my body. <laughs> I, re- I I think it would be. Cool I kind of want to work on a body farm. <laughs> well, yeah, that would be cool too. Prior to the creation of the Tennessee Body Farm, data on postmortem intervals came from studies on animal analogs, mainly pigs. The opportunity to study human remains was a game changer for forensic anthropology, which has rapidly expanded in recent years. Western Carolina's University Forensic Osteology Research Station was founded in 2007. This was the second body farm facility. In addition to serving as a laboratory for studying human decay in an altitude of... 2,200 feet in the Blue Ridge Mountains, the center has provided a training ground for cadaver dogs that can detect human remains. That's fucking cool, too. That's badass. The third and largest forensic anthropology research facility opened in 2008 at Texas State University. Spread over 26 acres, the facility has yielded valuable data about human decomposition in the hot Texas hill country and produced research on the scavenging rates of vultures. A second facility in Texas is located at Sam Houston State University, renowned for its criminal justice program in the southeastern area of the state. Additional body farms have been created in Illinois, Colorado, South Florida, and northern Michigan, providing the opportunity to compare how bodies decompose in many different environments, from subtropical swamplands to arid deserts and now snow-covered plains. New goal in life. Move to Colorado. Work to the, work There's on the body farm in Colorado. <laughs> yeah. It's like my dream place to live. In 2016, Australia opened the first body farm outside the U.S. Ooh. The 12-acre Australian facility on the outskirts of Sydney. Um, scientists there have found that bodies decomposing in the bush tend to undergo some degree of natural mummification, producing Ooh. dry and leathery skin that stays preserved longer. A year later, a teaching hospital in Amsterdam Amsterdam received approval to study the decomposition of bodies buried in shallow graves. In this summer, a new body farm opened in Quebec, providing the opportunity for scientists to study human decay in a northern climate where winter temperatures can dip as low as below 30 Fahrenheit. Plans are in the works for body farms in other parts of the world as well, including the United Kingdom. Interesting. Ooh, this is cool. We okay. welcome more facilities become, oh, I'm sorry. We welcome more facilities because although some of our research is translatable to any environment, some questions are environment specific. For instance, we don't know how bodies behave in permafrost or if they're covered with snow eight months out of the year. We can take a guess, but that would be the type of thing we could learn from a body farm in that environment. We can ask specific questions in each unique environment. We can also get a better sense of what's universal. Um, They're particularly excited about recent innovations that are helping to expand the research. There's only so much you can learn by looking at a body. With new technology, we can analyze things beyond the big three, temperature, humidity, and insects. We can look at chemistry, cell structure, proteomics, and more nuanced questions. We're still looking at the same question. How long is this person dead? But technology allows us to dive deeper. So cool. Um, there's more about some microbes, so it, it goes, it goes pretty deep. Let me see if I want to dive into any of this. Um, okay. Yeah, this is pretty interesting. So microbes kick into action as soon as we take our last breath. Even a stint in cold storage won't halt some microbes associated with decay. Some organisms are capable of working at very slow rates and sub-zero temperatures. When the heart stops pumping, the body's immune system shuts down, and microorganisms in the gut start multiplying, rapidly consuming nutrients. The feeding frenzy, essentially consuming the body from the inside out, creates gases that make the body bloat. Eventually, the pressure causes skin to rupture and fluids are released, nurturing different types of microbes and inviting bacteria, fungi, and nematodes from outside. I don't know what a nematode is. I feel like I do. I've heard I that don't one remember. Before. I took I'd microbiology, to but I don't remember that. I um, did too. 
As liquids and nutrients leave the body, flesh begins to sag and grow brittle, exposing bone. In an outdoor environment, scavenging animals often finish the cleanup, stripping the bones bare. Jessica Metcalf, a microbial ecologist at Colorado State University, has spent several years plotting the macabre ebb and flow of microbes in hope of developing a new forensic tool. She calls it microbial clock. It's, from, it's made from grouping of species that rise and fall in complex yet predictable ways over time. Um, so she talks about how different microbes flourish. That gets real deep. Um, so she and her colleagues have published a study <coughs> that mapped the microbial activity during decomposition by examining both mouse cadavers in the lab and human corpses at the Sam Houston State University Body Farm in Texas. They found a consistent succession of microbes transforming proteins and lipids into such smelly compounds as <laughs> cadaverine, putrescine, and ammonia in different seasons, um, varied soils, and even separate species in mice and humans. In that study, the scientists reported accurately identifying time of death within a two to three day period during the first two weeks of decay. That's really cool. Um, let's see. Do I want to bore you with more microbial talk? <laughs> microbial talk. <laughs> Uh, she thinks the research is on track to provide a forensic tool that could be used in death investigations within the next three to five years. However, some of her colleagues say it will take long longer, possibly seven to ten years, for the research to meet the standards needed to be admissible in court. Um, Fascinating. Let me see if there's any more info. Body Farm researchers are considering how disease and the pharmaceuticals we take for everything from diabetes <coughs> and cancer to hypertension and depression might influence the necrobiome and decomp decomposition. Scientists at the Knoxville Body Farm are researching whether the bodies of people who suffered from diabetes are more attractive to insects and looking into whether certain drugs may hasten or slow decomposition. Ooh, this is good. Okay. We know cocaine speeds up maggots. Really? Um, barbiturates. That makes sense, yeah. honestly. <laughs> yeah. Barbiturates, according to the case studies in existing liter literature, appear to do the opposite. So that slows them down. Um, okay. So they're, they're looking at that in different bodies, too. Basically, what drugs maggots uh -huh. like. <laughs> uh -huh. What makes the, because that makes them, makes bodies decompose faster or slower mm -hmm. if, the, if the bugs are more into it. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely a microbial experiment I would want to do. It's so cool. Okay. I want to see when this article was written. 2019. Okay. So if that's true, this tool they're talking about might be about ready to be used for court cases. Nifty. So, yeah. So that, I thought that was interesting to talk about kind of how those... Body farms got started, and there are more than I thought there were. There's a bunch more in the U.S., and then I didn't know there were any in other countries. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Sounds like they're on track to open a bunch more in oh, other countries. So That means they need to hire some people. Mm -hmm. They need to hire some people, and they need donors. Yeah. So I think it's cool. I remember after reading Stiff, that mm -hmm. book we were talking about, I was like, how do I do this? <laughs> I want to sign up to be a donor. So cool. That's my topic. I wonder if you can go on tours of them at all. I don't know. Or like visit one and just like go ask questions if you're not being Maybe. like a weirdo I mean, or something. Like if somebody like us would be allowed. Yeah. I feel like they would. Like they're at universities. So you'd think they'd want to educate people on what they're doing. I yeah. mean, I don't know. I okay. mean, I'm sure they've got to be careful so that nobody messes up their their mm -hmm. data collection. You know, like you probably can't go touch stuff. but Right. I don't know. Maybe if there's It'd like a guided cool. tour or something. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, I want to know. I'm going to look up, can I tour a body farm? Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Because I want to know. The one at University of Tennessee says we do not offer tours. Damn it. Uh, it says if they offered tours, we wouldn't be able to conduct any research. <laughs> Damn it. Well, that's true. I guess. Um, but let's see if the other... There's a bunch. Can though. I enroll in a program where I can shadow somebody right. and then drop out of the program? Yeah. <laughs> um, this says there's a different one. It says you can tour the body farm with Bill Bass, and that's the guy that um, kind of started the whole thing in the 70s. Mm -hmm. Is he still alive? Interesting. Um, 
tour the body. Oh, that's a video. <sighs> you can tour it via video. It's not the same. It's not. Mm -mm. I want to see some bodies, man. Western Carolina. <laughs> Where do you keep the maggots? <sighs> There's a lot of pictures. Um, so far, I'm not seeing anybody that offers an actual tour. Damn. Yeah, and this says, out of respect for our donors, we do not offer public or school tour that makes tours. Sense, but still. Yeah. If you are a professional in anthropology or a related field, such as law enforcement, medical field, or funeral professional, please vi please contact our forensic anthropology facilities director with the purpose of your requested visit. Okay, that's kind of what I was. Yeah. Wondering Maybe too, you, like you have depending a good reason. on yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And I do think they're very like with um, the the donor bodies they get. I think they're very. What do I want to say? Respectful. Like they mm -hmm. try to keep their identity super private, um, and they're respectful. Like once they're done with the remains and they've collected all the information, they will um, like cremate and send the remains back to the family. Oh, so they yeah they. That makes sense. Like, they don't want it to become, like, a circus sideshow, you know? Yeah. So. But I still want to see it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it is very interesting to me. Very interesting. Um, this is kind of a little off topic, but I don't remember. Or, I mean, still kind of on. Um, I thought it was cool, uh, just since you mentioned cremation. Mm -hmm. And I've mentioned I work in vet med, and um, I got to, there's an aquamation facility in Kansas City now. What is that? It's uh, a more earth-friendly form of uh, cremation. It huh. uses water. I've never heard of this. Yes, it's pretty cool. Um, so I got to see the facility, and I got to see like the what the remains and stuff look like after um, it, they're done. How does it work? It's like a there's, a... there's a lot of chemistry yeah. involved, but there's no flame. Okay. And it's basically they're put into like a tank and been a minute since i've Ew, been there are they like melted no it's water it's like a it's just like a almost like a washing machine kind of thing with like okay. some different solutions in there and it takes i think about two weeks and, and then there's just bone and then what do they do with the bone they crush it and make it like the same way they do with cremation okay so you still get like remains back mm -hmm. and you actually get more of it back oh. because a lot of the bones can kind of burn up in cremation mm -hmm. but in aquamation it's there's more of them. Weird. I know. Ew, that's weird. I've never heard of that. And I actually never thought about the fact that after cremation, I guess I, <laughs> I learned that this at the aquamation facility when mm -hmm. I went, that the bones are just, they look like bones. I guess I th always thought the powder was what came out of a crematory, mm -hmm. but they have to crush them. Yeah, I've heard of that. They like pulverize them mm -hmm. after. Yeah, they have to grind them up. I didn't yeah. know that. I thought maybe just during the whole flame part, it yeah. just made them go to powder, huh. but it doesn't. Yeah, they've got to so, crush them. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So they just crush them up after mm -hmm. the water one, too. Yeah. That's interesting. So, yeah, aquamation is pretty interesting. Look cool. Do they do that on humans? Mm-hmm. I've never heard of that. There are so many. That would be a deep dive we should do sometime yeah. of, like, afterlife plans. Uh -huh. There's so many different things you can have done. Interesting. You can like be that, put into, like, a pod and grow into a tree. I've heard of that. That one I've I think is kind of cool. Yeah. There's, like, at-sea burials. Mm -hmm. and oh, There's so many options. <laughs> there was somebody that wanted to be put in fireworks. and Was it Frank Zappa? Oh. Um, I don't know. There was, like, I read a book one time about cr things that people had done mm -hmm. when they were gone. And I feel like one of them, it was, like, how, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google it real quick. I think Thanks people Zappa. sometimes just think the only option is to bury them. Yeah. I'm like, that would be my least. Yes, yes. Th that's the one I don't want. I don't want to be just buried in the ground. I agree. I'd rather be cremated, aquamated, throw me into the ocean. I want I something know. cool. Like, I want people to be able to study, mm -hmm. like, this body farm stuff or that'd be cool. yeah. um, a med school or mm -hmm. whatever. I think that'd be neat. Yeah. Into Frank Zappa's remains. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I made that up. It's cool, though. I'm not going to be able to find it very fast. But, yes, I remember reading a book, and there was, mm -hmm. um, and there was also Hunter S. Thompson. Maybe it was him. One of them, one of those kooky assholes wanted to be, <laughs> like, those kooky assholes. <laughs> packed into fireworks or something and blown up, like, over their family or something. Oh, my gosh. It, it might have been Hunter S. Thompson, but... <laughs> 
Um, that's yeah. fitting. Yeah. I can yeah. see him wanting that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's some, there's some good stories out there. Oh yeah. There's, that's a topic you could go on mm-hmm. and on and on yeah. about. Well, that was yeah. awesome. I liked learning more about body farms. Oh, good. I did buy stiff by the way. Oh, good. Uh, I haven't read it yet, but just yeah. because I'm into dragons and fairies right now, but um, <laughs> I will. <laughs> good. Okay. And it looks, cool. it's not very, it didn't look super long and I yeah. feel like that's probably what I could probably finish in a it's, sitting. I'm it's a pretty, an easy, yeah, it's an easy read. I'm a pretty fast reader yeah. too. So cool. All right. Did you have All anything right. else? Nope. I think we're Let's good. Let's get on out of here. All right. Thank you guys for joining us in the Gory Hole Dungeon for this episode of the Gory Hole Podcast. Um, Be sure to like and follow and share and subscribe at the Gory Hole Pod. We are on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. And don't forget to email us, thegoryholepod at gmail.com. And as always, be sure you hit that five stars wherever you listen to podcasts. Yes. And come check us out on YouTube. Please. Yes. Hit YouTube um, yep. and TikTok and all of them, please. Yeah. And all of them. follow Ethel if you want. At, yes. At the cold Ethel. At the cold Ethel. She's on Insta and Twitter. Twitter. Yep. She posts some pretty, some pretty hot pics. She does. From time to time. On Twitter, she does make a lot of corny jokes. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Follow us for more laughs. Yes, absolutely. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye, Gore Horse. Stay gory.